0: I'm Hannah. I'm Sheena. And I'm Lori. And this is Cemetery Row. Woo!
1: Woo Haven't woohooed in a while, so there you go. (laughs)
0: Well, we did I didn't mess it up this time.
1: (gasps) (gasps) I didn't mess it up for for you because the past couple of intros we've been like,
2: fuck, what are we doing? Yeah. 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 Last time I got a little too happy with my own name.
1: Which was weird.
0: Well, like I said, my dad, I was talking about you, um, uh, actually, I know we're getting ready to get into this, but I was telling my, uh, my dad about you going to um, Lisa Marie's funeral and, yeah. uh, he goes, Sheena of the jungle. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, no dad, Sheena is a punk rocker. Right. So, so those of you f- from the era of my dad may remember a show <laughs> called Sh- Sheena of the jungle. And that's what he always uh attributes our dear Sheena to when in fact she was named after the Ramones song actually I was not you were not
2: I was not you liar
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh I I have thought I swear I swear you told me that Mm -mm. and that that is why like maybe it's just it kind of after Halloween when you were Sheena as a punk rocker and I just assumed Oh, no. my gosh. I've been telling my dad all these years that you were named after she is a punk uh, No, fun fact,
2: I was named after my cousin, Shauna. Um, My parents, initially, they thought about naming me several things. She, My mother is a massive Willie Nelson fan and almost yeah. named me Willie. Oh. No. Um, but... Then they had a boy's name ready to go because for some reason, I think they thought it was a boy or something like that. So I was going to be Justin Reed, which reads my dad's middle name, but um, they didn't really have anything for a girl. And so my cousin, Shauna, is six years older than me. Her name is S-H-A-W-N-A, and they wanted something similar to that. So they went with Sheena, which is perfectly fine. Oh,
1: Shauna and Sheena.
2: And then Shauna had Shelby. And ah. so if anyone in our family yells out Shauna, Sheena, Shelby, we all answer. Yeah, we all know. Right. Um, Shelby broke the um uh tradition of S names. She named her boy Ryder, but Ryder, who is oh gosh, about to be four, like any second now. Um does enjoy going around telling people his name is Carl and I don't know why that is a mystery to us why the four-year-old old thinks apparently he likes old ladies and he goes up to old ladies and says hey my name is Carl and it's like
1: no, no it's not
0: no, <laughs> well maybe whatever. it's just maybe just the girls have s names like in my dad's family maybe. all the boys are t's so his, yeah. him and his brothers are Terry Tony Todd <laughs> and then all of the cousins are Tony Trent Tyler Tristan Trevor Thaddeus. Oh,
1: yes. That's fun. Thaddeus. Yes. That's a great Thaddeus. name. I mean, they, yeah. they were
0: out of T names by the time he came along.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thaddeus. Yes. Um, no, but also I was going to say the thing that no one references, and I wish they would, is from, and I can't remember the episode now, and I can't believe I can't remember it because I know every episode by heart. But there is a Golden Girls episode where Sophia says to Blanche, thank you, Sheena, queen of the slut people. <laughs>
0: Yeah. and does anyone well, ever say that to me no she i'm gonna she start it. now she got it from sheena of the jungle so yeah i, I swear to her face. i always tell my dad no sheena is a punk rocker because he always says no of the, oh my gosh
2: <laughs> no but um the golden Girls saying yeah um blanche says um R- sophia's friend has dumped her to go, instead of going to a concert with Sophia, she's going to go to the concert with some guy. And Blanche is like, oh, that's just the law of the jungle. You know, you dump your girlfriends for some guy. And Sophia says, thank you, Sheena, Queen of the Slut People. I (laughs) love it. Yes, Uh, I wish that was, but really to me, the Ramones are the ultimate reference because I love the Ramones. Absolutely. Well, I've
0: believed it for, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) years, that that was... Okay. No, my it. mama was not trying to
2: name me after the realm. She's trying to name me after Willie Nelson, <laughs> which is awesome. I love Willie. I,
0: I
1: have I a love it.
0: impression of your mom now. <laughs> Listen,
2: that. my mom's two favorite artists in the world are Al Green and Willie Nelson. And at her funeral, which will praise Jesus, hopefully be billions of years from now, yeah. she wants two versions of Amazing Grace played willies and owls
0: oh so
2: well yeah. she
0: knows what she wants that's good she
2: does and she has good taste i was singing yeah. al green earlier to mcduff and he was not a happy camper about it and that's probably why he was trying to act up before we started recording yes
1: <laughs> you little shit so tell, tell us you.
0: tell us about lisa marie
2: yeah so um that was that was an experience <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned on here before that I used to work at Graceland and I mean, just being from Tupelo, being a music fan, I mean, the Presley family is just sort of huge for me and I'm a really big fan of the Presley women. I don't think they get enough credit for the b- business maneuvers and for a lot of the um, decisions and, and and just the stuff that they've had to put up with. With Elvis and since Elvis, um, they have really, to me, the reason he is still so well-known is really a large part due to their efforts. Anyway, so it was important to me to go to Lisa's memorial, but, um, and it was free and open to the public, but I mean, like you had to get in line. Um, They opened basically the gates at five. I didn't get in line till about six. Um, And this was all at Graceland. Um, and then you were in line till the event started, not in line but standing until mm-hmm. the event started at nine, so at seven we finally got to move across the street to the mansion grounds um but yeah, we kind of stood over there off to the side and and watched it the um The the entire service took place on the front lawn of Graceland and like fans were off on the north part of the lawn. Um, If you want to see it, you can see the entire service on graceland.com. It's a little over an hour. I highly recommend it because it was beautifully done as a massive, massive. Massive smashing pumpkins fan <laughs> I squealed when I opened up the program and saw that Billy Corgan was gonna perform and at the song choice cause I'm like it gets no better than to Sheila, perfect song choice um and then it it was just a it was a really lovely ceremony, so it was um obviously members of the family spoke, Jerry Schilling, who worked with Elvis for over twenty years. He brought me to tears. I bawled all through his speech. Um, Billy did a beautiful performance. I think that might be the best I've ever heard him. It was so gentle and loving and just beautiful tribute. Um, I was telling the girls before the show, Alanis Morissette sang a song called Rest uh, that I think she either wrote for Chester Bennington or maybe it came out around the time of his passing and it's, it deals a lot with substance abuse and suicide and, and, but too just struggling in life and kind of needing to rest and her performance. I've never seen Alanis live. Her voice is incredible. What you hear on the record does not even, that doesn't do her justice. Her voice is really incredible and she sang it with such grace. It was just so lovely. Um, and then, uh, we also had Sarah Duchess of York speak Sarah Ferguson. Um, they were really good friends. It was nice to see her. Um, Axel Rose came and gave a really lovely, um, sort of mini speech. And then, um, he talked, uh, or then he sang November rain and I didn't know, I guess, I don't know. I guns and roses is one of those bands. Like obviously I grew up with and they're sort of rock icons, but I guess I didn't realize what a pretty piano player he is like
0: that Mm -hmm. was really pretty um well his antics kind of outweigh right they do do. musical abilities
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's like you're trying to look past all that um but anyway that was Beautiful. They had the Tennessee Mass Choir sing, and that was absolutely stunning. I lost my mind yet again at the Blackwood Brothers um, because the Blackwood Brothers, the father of, um, oh, up the main Blackwood guy, his name just escaped me, but the guy who started the Blackwood Brothers, he, um, Elvis loved him, and he sang it elvis's mother's funeral he sang at elvis's funeral and now his son performed at lisa's funeral um and they did how great thou art and then they did sweet sweet spirit which is one of my very favorites and they killed it and you know you can't see me in the sea of people just know i was out there bawling okay i Um, imagine (laughs) um anyway and after the service um you got to they they Formed a very quiet, very respectful processional through Meditation Garden, which is where Elvis and his family are buried. So you have his grandmother Minnie May, you have his parents Vernon and Gladys, and of course Elvis. There's a memorial to his brother Jesse, who is not buried there, but it's a cenotaph. Yeah. And then you round the corner and you come to Lisa's son Benjamin, who died in 2020,
0: and then Lisa's right beside him and now is it correct uh are they going to have to move benjamin is that i true? don't know
2: i heard that they did because she was already buried by the time we got there
0: okay yeah i i, I had a, i guess my mom or someone can't remember I who that. was mentioned that they were going to have to move him so that there would be room for the both of them right I there next saw to that each other. and i
2: think I'm not sure if they moved him or if they just made more room for her because Benjamin died a few months after COVID hit. So I'd already Mm -hmm. been let go. Yeah. Um, So I really don't know. I never got to see his um, memorial. I've been to Graceland since um, having been let go, but not to see the graves. Yeah. Um, So I don't know, but it was really lovely. It's one of those things. And I think anyone who has dealt with grief can understand this. Sometimes it's not real to you until you see that marker, that tombstone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I knew it and I was sad and I was crying the whole time, but it, I was, it, it didn't hit me until I saw that grave and I saw her name that. Yeah. That upset me bad. And I was like, oh, I'm not cool with this. Um, And I know it's crazy to sit here and be like, I'm bawling for someone I never met. And it's true. I never met her, but I was around her plenty and around her kids plenty. And I have met her mom. And I don't know. It's one of those things of when you work at Graceland, I know obviously, clearly, you're not family, but when you work there, you spend so much time there. And you're I mean, around, you were in her childhood
1: home. You're yeah. in
2: someone's home, and it's so personal. And like, I remember, you know, you pull out a drawer, and there's where Lisa Marie signed the inside of the drawer as a kid, you know, like right. little kid stuff that reminds me of me and you know stuff like that. It's like, oh yeah, I would have done that as a kid. Lisa did that as a kid. And it's so you just sort of you feel close to them. It's really weird. Um so either way, it was really lovely. And I highly recommend if you care anything about the Presley family, to go watch that uh, memorial service on graceland.com. It's it it was very well done. It was very beautifully executed. Um And congratulations to her daughter, who I, we all found out yesterday has had a daughter. So Lisa, Lisa was a grandmother, um, which I love. I'm like, ah, I bet she was eating that baby up. So that just makes me sad. But anyway, speaking of babies, um, I'm going to stop rambling about that for a second to ramble about another baby. Um, I have posted this on our socials. I just get really excited when I see that a um, former Jane Doe has been identified. That just makes me happy. Um, even if it is a sad circumstance because we lost that person, but there was a baby Jane Doe in Opelika, Alabama, and this baby has her name back. She is a I don't know if it's a more or a but her name is Amore Wiggins. Um. She was pretty tiny. Um, I want to say four-ish when she passed. Um, Makes me very sad, but I'm glad she has her name back. And her Mm -hmm. mother, who I don't think had custody from what I can tell, um, has set up a GoFundMe to pay for her official funeral expenses and some official, you know, a headstone, all that good stuff. So if that's something you want to look into and donate to. I'm all for that. And speaking of babies who finally got their name back, we mentioned a few weeks ago that the boy in the box from the 70-year-old, basically, Mm -hmm. um, true crime case, cold true crime case, uh, he got his name back joseph augustus zarelli and he got a tombstone for his 70th birthday it would have been his 70th bless his heart it is a beautiful tombstone it's black it's got his little face engraved on it and his dates and then there's a long poem and i wanted to say too i read a story online that said um okay there who on... is wild and out is that what yours hannah it's gotta it's be rosie, rosie. <laughs> God. I was gonna say McDuff has passed out. So like Rosie has to be from the Hannah clan.
1: <laughs> Rosie's getting the demon out. That's okay. fine. Have at it, hey, Rosie. I'm, I'm sorry understand. to
0: interrupt, but I know <laughs> it's okay. Hearing
1: <laughs> its noises.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say McDuff has, has caused his mischief for the night. And for like an me, old man like
1: has passed out. Two pounds and maybe I don't know, nine inches long. She is a menace. I love it. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> um
2: but anyway, I was going to say really quickly. Um I I did see a story. I don't know how substantiated it is because it seemed like it was from a possibly questionable source, but they listed the boy in the box, Joseph's parents' names, and they apparently put him up for adoption. I'm not even sure if because I just skimmed the story, I didn't have a chance to really I should have read it better before we recorded. I'm not sure his dad knew he was alive. And anyway, people have been finding this baby's family and threatening them online. Dude, that's not cool. Seriously, we don't know the circumstances. The authorities are still researching everything and still investigating. So let's save the hate for people who actually abuse this baby. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it was his biological mother or father. So we need to step back and yeah, I'm settle all for down. It. Being mad at people who are terrible to children. Like, yeah, we'll Mm -hmm. beat on them all day long. But, you know, if if they didn't do this, if they put them up for adoption because they thought they adoption was a better way, then they don't deserve this hate. That's just my soapbox. I agree. Yeah. And then our hearts go out to those who have lost loved ones or who were injured in the Monterey, California shooting. Yeah, Um, I'm sure we're all... I know I am flabbergasted at the fact that we've already had 36 mass shootings and this is the 23rd day of the year.
1: And there were two today, one in Iowa at a school and then another here in the city on the south side. Um, And it's just like, (laughs) and fortunately... Um, Our governor just signed into law banning assault weapons in high-capacity magazines. Good job. And I'm super, yay, J.B. Pritzker. Mm -hmm. I like now living in a state where I don't hate the governor.
2: I wonder what that's like. (laughs) Guys,
1: guys, I know the winter sucks, but I highly recommend it. Well,
2: (laughs) I know, but I can't do those winters. I tried. I went there last year. It it did did nothing for me. I mean, you know, the the winter didn't. Seeing my spider monkey was great. Of course. You guys will come in the summer
1: where it's not quite as bad. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, So anyway, those are all of basically my soapbox items. I I hope I didn't ramble too long about different things. Um, Oh, my
1: God. So... I'm sorry, no. Go um, ahead. Rosie has ripped off part of the scratchy post and has laid it on Jack.
2: Oh my well, goodness! Well, she is oh. giving him some cover. Maybe it's cold.
1: Uh, it's a piece of coagulated cardboard. Corrugated, I don't know cardboard. So I don't know what she's hey, doing. It's warm.
0: <laughs> I take and it. let's see.
1: Menace. And there is my oh, oh pickle. pickle. <laughs> oh pickle
0: yes he is he looks he like is, a little
1: slug
0: he's a little dead corgi flat on his side y'all he this is not like... a tater tot with legs <laughs> oh, no. this is not a visual medium but maybe i'll uh have sheena post a picture yeah well that um because this week we're discussing animals Yay! we are Yay! so it's a good
1: thing all of ours are being menaces we said yes.
2: very nicely in this beginning <laughs> yes absolutely um, so yeah, we just wanted to do a fun animal episode just for fun because animals are fun. We <laughs> love our pets, we love your pets. We Absolutely um, love the pets that have yet to be adopted. Please adopt, don't shop. Go to, and find a beautiful rescue animal and they will rescue you before you rescue them, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so to kick off our awesome animal episode, Luhoo the resident horse girl is gonna not, talk about a not horse. Not a
0: horse. <laughs> no. Not on oh no, your topic.
2: What are you gonna talk about? Oh my god.
0: Um so I really and I'll I'll come back to her one day, but um I would have done Misty of Chica Cheek, which was uh, a pony that was very famous from the 50s that there was a series of children's books written about her i read
1: those books yes yes and i I was a fledgling horse girl (laughs) well
0: and one day so there's an island off the coast of virginia and i could be pronouncing it wrong this is just how i've always been been told it's chica chica and assateague islands and there are wild ponies that live on assateague island and they are descended from the wild or spanish horses from a ship that sank and every year they do the wild pony roundup uh to control the population um and of course it it you know helps raise money for the town um but they do an auction of some of the wild ponies that they bring in and they swim across the channel and it's just this really cool story about one of the the ponies in particular so i will come back to her one day i know where she is i know where her daughter is but today we're talking about a puppy dog oh puppy. Puppy. so sheena to steal your thunder picture it <laughs> Okay. The jungles of New Guinea. Oh, February 1944. Ooh. Ooh. Ed, Ed Downey was driving through the jungles near his military camp when his Jeep suddenly broke down. As he was investigating the issue, he heard whimpering from the nearby jungle. Exploring the area to find the cause of the noise, he came across a tiny matted dog trying desperately to jump out of an abandoned foxhole. Ed hated dogs, but he picked (laughs) up the small pup and took her back to camp where he promptly gave her to a gentleman named Sergeant Dare. I do not know what his first name was. I just know he was a sergeant and his last name was Dare. Maybe his
1: (laughs) first name was Sergeant. Maybe so.
0: I don't know. (laughs) Not long after the dog came to the attention of one William or Bill Wynn, who was an aerial photographer who had a deep love of dogs. Um, before he, uh, was drafted, he took a few weeks of obedience training courses and was just really into training dogs. He offered dare two Australian pounds for the dog who was, um, then known as not Snookums smokeums due to her smoky blue coloring. Oh, but dare turned it down and said, no, it needs to be three, three pounds. That was too much money for a sickly pup. But the next day dare came back and was like, yeah, I need the money for a poker game. You still want <laughs> her for two. And when was like, is she alive? Cause she didn't look very good yesterday. You're trying to screw me over. And he, said, no, she's had a few meals. She's looking better. So Wynn gave Dare the money, which was roughly $6.50 in American dollars, which is about 10% of his salary for the month. Hmm. So not chump change. Yeah. Um, And now the four pound dog was his. He shortened her name to Smokey and began training her to do all sorts of tricks in their spare time, which there was a lot of. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's because of his role He was an aerial photographer that I guess was for historical significance on missions, taking pictures. It didn't really seem like they did a lot. Um, and I don't want, I I don't want to sound insensitive because I'm sure they did, but from my research, it seemed like they, his particular division, which was the photography group did not see a lot of combat type situations. Yeah. They were just kind of stuck waiting for the call to come in that they had something to do. Um, Hold on a second. Okay, here we go. Uh, So Smokey quickly picked up, playing dead. She could sing. He would play a harmonica and that would cue her to start singing. Mm -hmm. Uh, She slept at the foot of his bed and got daily baths in his helmet to help prevent mites, which could cause a potentially fatal illness called scrub typhus. Um, He would take her for walks. She loved chasing the chickens. He always had to watch out for pythons because apparently the pythons in New Guinea would eat a four pound Yorkie like that. Oh, and I did not mention Aww. she is a Yorkie. I'm getting That's ahead of myself. That's what I was about to ask. I'm getting she ahead was, of myself. If she
1: was like a... A blue marl is what I'm imagining if they're calling her like a smoky blue. I'm like, what kind of dog is this? Yeah,
0: she's so she was she had the traditional golden head and her body coloring was kind of a a a grayish blue color. And at this time, you know, they didn't know what a Yorkie was. So I'll get into that in a minute. But she was super cute. Um, everybody loved her and he was teaching her to do all these kinds of crazy tricks. Not long after he got her, he saw an announcement in a magazine called Yank Down Under about a contest (laughs) to find the best mascots in the Southwest Pacific in two categories, best unit mascot and best mascot owned by an individual. He decided he was going to enter Smokey and he utilized his unit's photography equipment to snap the perfect pictures. Uh, He got pictures of her posing in a GI helmet to emphasize just how tiny she was. And then he got the bright idea that he was going to stage photos that looked like she was making a parachute jump. Oh, they would they would drop her from a tree with the parachute on, and then there would be two people on the ground with a blanket to catch her. Oh, and this was great until I think like the sixth time they did it, uh, there was a gust of wind. No, and they. Were not- They were not able to get to her in time. And she bounced two feet off the ground. No, Can
2: they not do that again?
0: Well, she was in a lot of pain and he picked (laughs) her up and he was like massaging her and whatever got knocked out of place. He was able to, to relocate it and she was better in a couple of days, but he immediately stopped and regretted doing that yeah. because Aww. and he talks about it a lot because my main source for this is a book he wrote called yorkie doodle dandy or no you know, god or the other woman was a real dog because uh his wife was not the other
1: a, woman a, was a saying, real
2: dog yes. this <laughs> is incredible yes. um
0: yes he, that is a
2: beautiful book title
0: yes uh so, so yeah, she she had a rough couple of days, but she eventually got back to normal. And he was like, "I'm not going to do that again." S- Pretty soon after this, he got very very sick. He had a fever of 105 and had to be transported to a nearby military hospital. Jeez. He left Smoky in the care of a friend and was eventually diagnosed with dengue fever after he tested negative for malaria.
1: She whiz! I know,
0: Hannah. You should've seen the look on his face. <laughs> uh
1: like what is happening just off camera is um rosie acting like she was gonna jump on gwen's head
0: oh that wouldn't be good do (laughs) not recommend
1: zero out of ten um could we not (laughs) carry on
0: (laughs) so after three days of being in the hospital his friends brought Smokey to visit along with a letter from yank magazine sharing that Smokey had won first prize A year-long subscription to the magazine. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, And the nurses were just absolutely excited. They loved this little dog. They took her to visit the rest of the soldiers in the hospital. And this was one of the first of many hospital visits Smokey would make in her lifetime, which is what led her to eventually being named the first recorded therapy dog by animal, by an animal planet investigation. Um, And it's really cool. There's another story of where there was a soldier who was basically catatonic. And when he saw her, he started like flailing and wanting to hold her. And Bill gave him the dog and it's like, he got this huge reaction. And then afterwards the nurses were like, he's been catatonic for two
1: years. Wow. And this dog, seeing
0: this dog and how joyful she was and all the tricks she did brought him out of it. And that happens a lot of times with soldiers that were suffering PTSD or recovering from, uh, serious injuries. Apparently your wounds heal slower in that climate. Mm-hmm. And so they were bored out of their fucking minds. And this dog yeah. just brought a smile to their face. And because of how successful her visit was, his doctor said, okay, if she's gentle and she's calm, she can mm-hmm. stay with you. So she stayed with him in his hospital bed for the remainder of his stay.
2: Oh, sweet.
0: Okay. So not long after returning to camp from the hospital, that's when he f- figured out, that Smokey was a Yorkie. Um, A friend had a copy of National Geographic, which had an article called Dogs in Toyland, which (laughs) showcased small breeds growing in popularity, including the Yorkshire Terrier. And after comparing the photos in the article to Smokey, he determined that she was indeed a purebred Yorkie, but how the hell she wound up on... This is what I'm wondering. (laughs) ...would remain a mystery until after her death. And I will Aww. tell you how okay. that happened. Okay. So she was incredibly intelligent. She learned 200 commands and tricks. She could even spell her name. She could walk on a rolling barrel. She would walk a tightrope blindfolded. Damn. And again, she she's going is. to military in their spare time. She's visiting area military hospitals, doing tricks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then one day they're training and she's just like, nope, I'm not doing anymore and bill Uh-oh. was like uh Uh-oh. say what Uh-oh. say what and she's like <laughs> no and then he soon figured out why when she gave birth to a single puppy oh they Bless he the he just assumed that there there had been a uh, some some other soldier had a terrier that he assumed was the the father uh <laughs> but yeah they don't know so she popped out this single puppy and the puppy was later adopted by one of his comrades, and the puppy was named Topper. Oh, unfortunately, there was a disease. Uh, I think this was when they were relocated to the Philippines, a disease that wiped out all the chickens and dogs of the oh. area. And unfortunately, Topper contracted whatever that virus was and passed. Aww. So um, her first pup did not live long. Her biggest claim to fame came, and this is the story everybody knows when you hear a Smokey, this is the story you hear, while they were in the Philippines, the signal Corps needed to run communication cables through a culvert that was 60 feet long, but only eight inches in diameter. So this would allow them to communicate with either side. But in order to do that, it would take them multiple days a massive amount of manpower because they'd have to dig from the top down to lay mm-hmm. the cables. And apparently they had heard the story of su- them doing something similar in Alaska with a cat where they tied the cable to a cat, put it in the, the culvert and then shot compressed air at it so that it ran. And they're yeah. like, we can do that to a less, you know, we, you know, would Smokey do it? we won't scare the shit out of her, but let's, let's try it. (laughs) Right. And Bill said, you know, as long as you can see daylight, we can try to do it and see, uh, the cable was tied to her. He went to the other side to coax her through, and he was there waiting to grab her when she came through. So again, this task would have taken 250 men, several days to accomplish, took her mere minutes. Oh, um, and this also, so, so not only did it save time and manpower, it, it helped potentially save lives by putting those men at risk where they could have been easily targeted by the enemy, but mm-hmm. it also kept the planes going because the planes would have been grounded while they were working on this airstrip. So this little tiny dog did something that would have taken a man multiple days and Aww. could have resulted yeah. in a number of casualties. So uh, bad ass Smokey mm-hmm. uh, throughout their time in the war, Smokey would fly 12 missions with Win. Um, And at one point she even warned him of incoming artillery fire. She was uh, very much a typical Yorkie. She did not like the sound of incoming, you know, the Mm bullets. And she did not, wasn't crazy about going on the airplanes. He had a little bag that she stayed in and she eventually kind of i don't want to say got comfortable with it but tolerated it she was right. not a fan of uh of flying by any means um then news came that the war was over and that they would be returning home but Win had to devise a plan on how to get her back um I, something similar happened with um shit what was her name the horse i did reckless during mm-hmm. the korean war it's any animal that uh serves in the military is not allowed to come back, um, on U.S. depart warship. Like they will not bring back an animal. And he had all of the paperwork proving she had her shots and everything,
1: but that was like a lot of the dogs in Afghanistan that had just been with those soldiers that all that time. And they're like, Hey, I wouldn't take my dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so he had to modify an oxygen mask carrying case. To serve as a carrier, and so she became comfortable with going into the the back of it and he would like put some toiletries in front of it um, to hide her and oh. There were multiple men that came on board with their dogs, um, but there mm-hmm. were um, some of the the people that worked on the ship that weren 't necessarily affiliated with the military were bribed and hid a lot of the pets. One man brought a monkey on board, but it it, it was, it was euthanized, Um, but, but yeah. So he, he was able to get her on board and back to the United States. Um, That is where Wynn married his sweetheart, Margie, and uh, saw an advertisement for a Hollywood dog trainer and decided, you know what, that's the job for me. So he and his new wife packed up. And moved out to California. Hmm. He found work, but they kind of struggled. Um, She, ha- his wife, hated Hollywood. She was home by herself all day while he was at yeah. work. Yeah, she didn't know anybody. She didn't like anybody, and she wanted to go home with her family. And it turns, me out- and
1: Margie have a lot in common. I know. Well, it <laughs> turns out
0: she had a reason to want to go back. She was pregnant.
1: So um, yeah, she had yeah. been
0: sick. She didn't know anybody. Um, and eventually when realized that if he didn't go home, he was going to lose Margie. I mean, it kind yeah. it, it, this part of the, the story kind of pissed me off a little bit because it felt like he was putting this career before his family yeah. and, mm-hmm. but he, he came through and he was like, you know what, this isn't worth it. Um, he got an opportunity to be a research photographer for the agency, which would eventually become NASA and it would offer a steady paycheck and it was back home in cleveland so he took that job and and left hollywood um and so but he stayed busy he and smokey were booking gigs left and right performing um oh. she would do her battery of tricks uh the audience would be like ooh ah and he even booked a gig that he would not cancel even though his wife was in labor with their first child ah!
1: Oh, you win Dude. some, you lose some, I guess.
0: Dude. And, you, you know, I cannot blame Margie for being a little pissed. Mm-hmm. And I think it was even her that suggested the, the subtitle or the other woman was a real dog. Because yeah. there was some competition <laughs> between her and uh, clearly, Smoky. And, clearly, I mean... I guess it didn't really matter. They wound up having nine kids. So they oh, wow. Um,
1: they got through it. They
0: got through <laughs> it. Yeah. And the nineteen forties were a different time, I guess. Men weren't allowed right. in the birthing room.
1: Right. Uh, it wouldn't so, have mattered. Yeah.
0: So uh sometime later he was offered a job, and y'all are gonna get a kick out of this with the Cleveland Plain Dealer, which was a newspaper, oh. and it paid like significantly more than being a research photographer for nasa infant nasa <laughs> like sure significantly more and it would take him like 10 years to get to that pay scale if he stayed wow. with the agency and now we're like people are fleeing journalism i was gonna right say they can't survive right? like, journalism
1: paid more than fucking burger king at this point point. And, and it's
2: when people valued true journalists yes
0: and their work and yeah yeah and he was a photographer like he did it photography for like the advertising sections and stuff like that so just yeah, yeah it worked it worked out for him especially nine kids man you gotta yeah yeah there's the no
1: following your them. dreams at that point no
0: yeah. um he did he and Smokey eventually got the opportunity to host their own television show how to <laughs> train your dog with bill Wynn and Smokey. oh and he utilized her as an example there um on what type of dog to get for a family, because a dog that size is not appropriate for small kids. No, my mom has a Yorkie. She's a 13 pound Yorkie. (laughs) so (laughs) She's a big girl. She's, she's thick. Uh, And she doesn't do well with small children. Uh, She is old too. So that probably plays a role, but yeah, um, you know, really trying to inform people and of all the shows that Smokey was on, she never did a trick more than once. Um, unfortunately it only lasted about 30 episodes before it was canceled because a new network bought the station and was only going to do cartoons.
1: Um,
0: Smokey did retire after this and she was given her own private area in wind's basement. So she could have her own space and be away from the, the children. Um, at some point I, it was probably before she retired, but they did adopt another male Yorkie, um, who lasted long enough to knock up Smoky before disappearing? He didn't from get the this girl fixed. Of course not. This was the forties. I don't. Um, I don't even know if they did spay and neuter dogs back then. It's true. Um. So the resulting pregnancy produced a single puppy that was given to Margie's sister, but unfortunately, he too passed very young, Aww. uh, got into something in the yard and, uh, passed away when he was about six months old. So do have-
1: Yorkies have small litters
0: like that? Is yes. That common? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, w- I was reading like, um, the, the, it size is like one to two pounds, which is ridiculous. Why don't you just get a rat I mean, Yorkie's (laughs) that small, but like the four pound ones would be the ones that they would use for breeding. And they usually just have one or two pups because that makes sense. But yeah, no, um, in 1955, Smokey developed a severe infection of the uterus go figure, and had to have a complete hysterectomy,
1: so that's Aww. kind of what makes me her heart.
0: It's spaying and neutering your pets wasn't a thing back then, um, because this yeah. seems like it was a pretty serious surgery.
1: Bob Barker wasn't wasn't on the scene yet, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Well, he was. He was probably was <laughs> probably
1: a teenager. Yeah, he was
0: probably an intern at the time, uh, and they discovered during the surgery that she had a heart condition, but it didn't really oh. seem to affect her. He hmm. carried Bill carried her up and down the stairs. Um, and she was fine otherwise, but Smokey did die peacefully in her sleep at the age of 14 or what they, th- you know, what they estimate 14, was 14 right? on February 21st,
1: 1957.
0: Aww. So yeah, he, she died peacefully. So it's considering
1: he said he didn't like dogs when he, found no, no, no her. that wasn't her. Oh, that wasn't okay. Him.
0: That wasn't him. She was rescued by somebody who hated okay. dogs, but he was he felt bad enough that he picked her up. So no got he, it. Okay, this got, Bill was obsessed with dogs. He actually spent time in an orphanage. Oh um, and only because his mother could not afford to care oh, for him, yeah. and There's so she back had to, in the day, yeah, had to place him until she could get on her feet because his dad abandoned the family.
1: Imagine yeah. that.
0: Yeah, go figure. Uh, he placed her body in a thirty-caliber ammo box, and they buried Ooh. her. It's so sweet. They buried her near a tree in the Cleveland Metro park system where Margie and Bill had carved their initials in the early days of dating before the war. Oh, So 1940 was when they, they engraved their names in this tree. And so 1957, they buried um, Smokey under the tree. It remained unmarked for 50 years until Vietnam veteran Jim Strand raised enough money to purchase a monument that would honor her and all dogs that served during World War II. The Smoky and the Dog of All Wars monument was placed atop her grave and unveiled on Veterans Day in 2005. It features a life-size sculpture of Smoky in a GI helmet and was made by sculptor Susan Bahari. It sits atop a two-ton blue granite pedestal with the inscription Smokey. Yorkie Aww. Doodle Dandy and dogs of all wars <laughs> In a cute. D- yeah, so in addition Aww. to the monument at her gravesite, there are memorials for her at the AKC Museum of the Dog in St. Louis, the Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii, the Ohio Veterinary Medicine Association Animal Hall of Fame, the University of Tennessee College of Veterinary Medicine, and the Royal Brisbane and Women's Hospital in Australia. Additionally, she's been awarded the PDSA Certificate for Animal animal Bravery or Devotion in 2011 and the Animals in War and Peace Distinguished Service Medal in 2022. So her legacy lives on even today, basically. Uh, So, yes, now the mystery. How did a purebred Yorkie come to the island of New Guinea? Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after her death was announced in near in the newspapers, Bill Wynn was contacted by a former Air Force nurse who said that she had lost a Yorkie puppy that had been given to her by her fiance while she was stationed in New Guinea. The pup had been named Christmas. Oh, they a cute never name. and they were pretty sure that obviously this had to be the same dog. They weren't sure how she made it from one side of the island to the other without being killed or eaten yeah. by a python. Uh, but they had a better understanding of how she came to land in Bull's lap. Um, and so just just a tiny little bit about Mr. Wynn. He visited her visited her grave frequently up until his death. Okay. In 2021, at the what? age of 99. Wow. Oh my god, bless his heart. Aww. Unfortunately, he was not able to be buried with Smokey. He was stuck being buried next to his wife at the holy (laughs) cross cemetery in brook park ohio bless yes so i'm gonna end it with a quote from bill about his tiny little heartthrob that he loved almost as much if not more than his dear wife margie (laughs) quote her grace was like that charming human figure aubrey hepburn arriving on screen extremely talented captivating everyone admitted she had an air of class these were attributes these two shared In and so that is the story of yorkie doodle dandy smoky the yorkie a cute little rat dog if i ever saw one.
1: how <laughs> he cute no he, kidding he like
0: seriously this man Loved this dog. Mm -hmm. Like anyway, but I love it. Yeah. No, his he the book is interesting. Uh, you know, I kind of had to speed read it uh because I was running short on on time to finish it. Um, I got it for like seven bucks from the Kindle store. So uh very nice little read and goes into a little bit of detail about the war. Um, but yeah, that is little little Miss (laughs)
2: Smoky. Well, that was awesome. Good job, Lou Who.
0: Love it. Thank you. Now you two can fight over who goes next <laughs> since y'all have multiple stories. Yeah, we each have two stories
2: that are pretty short.
1: Yup. Um,
2: Hannah, do you want to go first or do you want
1: yes. me to go first? I'll go. You want me to go
0: first? You go. I'll go. Have at it. All
1: right. So I have fond memories of advertising from my childhood, as I'm sure all of you do. Um, so we are going to talk about the mascot for Nine Lives Cat Food, Morris the Cat. Oh,
0: he is so cute. I love Morris.
1: I love a ginger boy. No, I didn't. Yes. I don't know
0: if I told you. Well, yeah, I think I should your <clears> picture, <throat> but we just adopted two ginger cats. Yeah, barn cats. Yeah, they're so their name, cute. Their names are
1: Honey and Butter.
0: Oh. <laughs> Very cute.
1: Tell so, us about Morris. Yes. So Morris. So three different cats have played Morris the cat. Um, the OG Morris was discovered in 1968 at the Hinsdale Humane Society here in the Chicago area by a professional animal handler by the name of Barb. Barb. <laughs> Bob Martwick. Um He, the Morris, the cat entity was an invention of Leo Burnett advertising company who Leo Burnett is one of those secret agents of history that have basically built our culture Um, and Martwick actually worked there. So that was pretty cool. Morris was featured in 58 different television commercials, which aired from 1969 to 1978. Hmm. And a band by the name of John Irwin provided his voiceover. So the basic premise of most of these commercials was Morris's owner would set down a different brand of food. That wasn't nine lives. And Morris would be very snarky. as (laughs) most cats are and make some pithy comment until his owner brought him his preferred nine lives. And every can of nine lives cat food has Morris's signature on it. Yeah. So Morris won two Patsy awards for animal performers in film and television in 1972 and 1973. And the original Morris did pass away. On July 7th, 1978
2: of old age. Oh, bless. That's
0: good.
1: There is a um, plaque dedicated to him at the Hinsdale Humane Society. It's very handsome. Handsome fella. All cats that have played Morris have been rescue animals, either from animal shelters or cat rescues. Uh, after receiving multiple contacts from individuals who claimed they're Morris's original owner, Bob chose not to tell where he got his the next Morris because you know it's not anyone's business. <laughs> and the second Morris started appearing in commercials in 1979. The first two cats to play Morris lived with him as pets. Morris pop Morris's popularity continued in the 1980s when Leo Burnett created a mock presidential campaign for Morris in 1988 and there was I a fabulous picture of it's one of the OG campaign buttons and it's just Morris with absolute beautiful stunning bitch face
0: <laughs> and bet. it just
1: says Morris for president 1988 it's perfect and if anyone has one I want one yeah the current Morris um, is still alive and well. Lives in LA with a handler named Rose Ordeal. Oh. Um, he was also the was in the UK as well, where he was uh, voiced by somebody named Johnny Morris. <laughs> um, he was a spokes cat for professional or for responsible pet ownership, pet health, and pet adoptions. Hmm. He has authored three books the morris approach the morris method and the morris prescription wow (laughs) and he was quoted in the end of year edition of in 1993 of people magazine in which he quoted a simple meow in honor of the death of his fellow friend and advertising mascot spuds mckenzie oh my god! In 2006, Morris was depicted as adopting a kitten, Lil Mo, <laughs> from a Los Angeles animal shelter, representing the first adoptee in a campaign known as Morris's Million Cat Rescue.
0: Oh, oh.
1: and that is Morris the fucking cat. I love Morris.
0: Him. <laughs> Yay! This cat has
1: more published work than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that sounds about right.
1: <laughs> All right
0: well
2: speaking of celebrities (laughs) you know sometimes you see an actor in a film and you don't realize the breadth of their work you may not realize where you've seen them before um and it's amazing really when you sit back and look at some famous actors and see how many you know tv shows or movies they've been in um i don't know if you know this but everyone's favorite actor danny trejo has been in over four hundred and twenty movies. Good God! Well, he's I don't a know busy it's man. Movies. It's also this is also TV, TV Yeah, credits. Christopher Lee, one of my favorites before he passed. He was um, everything from you know he was in Dracula and Star Wars and everything. Two hundred and eighty-two. Uh, Danny Glover has over 201. Donald Sutherland, 199.
1: Jesus. Samuel because he's L...
0: 199 <laughs> oh, Shit. Samuel
2: L. Jackson is right behind him at 198. Um, James Hong has uh over 650 but I think Julia Roberts' brother Eric Roberts may have his um that number beat I found numbers that range anywhere from 666 to
1: 700 so if you because can he's been be in every team, single thing since I was a child Exactly yes.
0: Be but interesting these- to see what Nicolas <gasps> Cage's numbers have. Oh, Jesus. I didn't movies. even see him even in a
2: list that even came close to this. Yeah. So Probably not what his just, list is, but. He just
0: had to do a bunch of movies to help pay off his island and his T Rex skull. <laughs> and that monument. <laughs> his pyramid. In yeah. <laughs> and his pyramid. It's expensive. Yeah. Um,
2: but these people don't even come close to the true goat. Oh, I, I didn't mean to say goat, I mean, Raven. Ah! The greatest of all time, the actor with the most amount of feature film credits is Jimmy the Raven, who is a real life talented animal actor with over a thousand feature film credits. Damn. Jimmy. Jimmy was hatched in the Mojave Desert in 1934, and depending on what source you use, um, hit an animal trainer named. Curly Twyford uh, either stole him from his nest. Bad job, Curly. That's bad. Or... Uh, Jimmy was abandoned in his nest by his mean, abusive mommy. Let's and, go with that one. And Curly um, adopted him and, and and saved him. So I don't know what story is true, but either way. Uh, Curly taught Jimmy to do all kinds of tricks, like typing, opening letters, and even riding a motorcycle. He could understand thousands of words. It took him about a week to learn a new word, two weeks if it had two syllables. Oh. Curly said Jimmy could do anything that an eight year old could do. Okay. Wow. At four years old, Jimmy made his film debut in Frank Capra's You Can't Take It With You alongside Hottie McCotterson, Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> Lionel Barrymore, and Gene Author. Uh, Frank Capra went on to cast the bird in every movie he made afterward. I love um, it. So that's why you know him. And it's a wonderful life. You see Jimmy. Uh, he is uncle Billy's one of uncle Billy's pets. Uncle Billy has a lot of pets and it's he a hangs life. around the
1: savings and loan. He does. He hangs around loan. the
2: savings and loan. Yeah. And um, he's also in uh, the wizard of Oz. He is the crow that lands on the scarecrow. Yeah. Um, so you have seen him, trust me, if you have ever seen a movie, well, if you've seen either one of those and you should have, if you haven't
0: I fix your them. life.
2: <laughs> yes, go watch them now. Um, he also starred in a Betty Davis comedy, which those are rare. Um, The Bride Came C O D, which she starred in with James Cagney. Uh, not my favorite Betty Davis picture, but that's okay. It's still pretty good. Anyway, and then the Cary Grant movie, Arsenic and Old Lace. So he Ooh. he was starring alongside all the amazing actors of Hollywood's Golden Era. Uh, Jimmy was insured by MGM for $10,000. He had 21 stand-ins, 15 of which were female, and they could fill in for Jimmy if the scene didn't require movement or tricks. So if they just needed a raven to sit there, that's when they would have the stand-in. They (laughs) they wouldn't get the real star until Mm -hmm. the bird had to move. Uh, He made so much money for Curly that he paid for the upkeep of all of Curly's animals. So just off this one animal, he could take care of all the other animals that he trained. And he trained a lot of other ones. I didn't go into Curly's background. Maybe we'll do an episode on animal trainers one day and I'll come back to Curly. But maybe not, too. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, in addition to his film work, uh, Jimmy was a great humanitarian. And I will say humanitarian rather than raventarian because <laughs> he gave back to humans. He spent over 200 hours entertaining veterans after World War I. No, World War II, World War II, I'm sorry, uh, for which he received the Red Cross Gold Medal. <laughs> sweet Jimmy. Um, I say this like he had a choice. Anyway, um, <laughs> Jimmy's footprints were enshrined in cement at some big famous LA pet store alongside Lassie's. So very sweet. Um Jimmy's final film was Three Ring Circus in nineteen fifty-four, which also starred Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, Ja Ja Gabor, and Elsa Lancaster. Um, which I just love saying Zsa Ja Gabor. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's not known what happened to Jimmy after this movie. Um Most people assumed he died because he just wasn't in any more movies. Mm -hmm. And you know how the 50s are. They just don't keep good records of things. So I don't know how Jimmy died. I do not know where he is buried. My guess is in Curly's backyard, but I don't know. Curly had promised newspapers that he'd live, that Jimmy would live to be 150 years old. But that's just Curly being mm-hmm. curly
1: because yes. most
2: ravens in captivity only live about 20 years and i meant 30 years and jimmy was 20 uh curly meanwhile died in 1956 so sweet jimmy i don't know where you are but you were theoretically buried somewhere and hats off to you
0: unless jimmy absolutely. escaped
2: jimmy flew off maybe he did
1: out to having retire. a bird Maybe bird jimmy is living out
2: life. that 150 years and he's still out here like call absolutely yeah. oh no all right that's my first story Hannah me
1: oh right so our next animal maybe an animal maybe a spirit maybe a bored teenage girl with ventriloquist talent Ooh, we'll here see. For
0: very nice
1: so, in September of 1931, the Irving family, consisting of James, Margaret, and the 13-year-old daughter named Vora, claimed they heard persistent scratching, rustling, and vocal noises coming from their farmhouse. And it could have been a ferret, a dog, or a baby. They weren't sure. <laughs> a
0: ferret, a dog? A ferret, a dog, or a, dog baby. Or
1: a baby. Hey, I ah, you know how
2: they just love to roam the, the countryside. Yeah
1: babies they be they one in the walls you're Those fucking barrel over babies oh my god
2: they're so get annoying. a nest
1: of them in your attic jesus <laughs> Lori knows
0: oh yes absolutely <laughs> she raised get two rid of, of barrel babies <laughs> yes
1: according to the irvings the creature named jeff with one f g e f introduced itself and told them that it was a mongoose that had been born in New Delhi. (laughs) According to Vora, Jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a large bushy tail. Irving say that Jeff communicated to them that he was an extra, extra clever mongoose, an (laughs) earthbound spirit, and a ghost in the form of a mongoose. And once said, I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into a stone or a pillar of salt. Jeff is incredibly quotable. And we will get to more of Jeff's musings.
2: I'm really impressed with this vocabulary of a mongoose.
1: Jeff is talented. Jeff is very talented. Um, His preferred food was baking without the fat.
0: Okay. Watching his figure. watching I, yeah, his I like figure. It.
1: The Irvings made various claims about Jeff. He supposedly guarded their house and informed them of the approach of guests or any unfamiliar dogs. They said that if someone had forgotten to put out the fire at night, he would go and stop the stove. Oh. The Irvings claimed Jeff would also wake people up when they overslept. And whenever mice got into the house, Jeff would do his thing, except he would rather scare them than kill them. This is not to say Jeff did not kill, because he did kill rabbits and leave them on their doorstep. The Irvings say they gave Jeff biscuits, chocolates, and bananas, and the food was left for him in a saucer that they suspended from the ceiling. The Irvings claimed the mongoose regularly accompanied them on trips to the market, but he always stayed on the other side of the hedges, chatting incessantly. Jeff was very talkative. Jeff became popular in the tabloid press, and many journalists flocked to the aisle to catch a glimpse of the creature. Several other people, both locals and visitors, claimed to have heard Jeff's voice and two claimed to have seen it. However, physical evidence was lacking. Footprints, stains on the wall, and hair samples claimed to be evidence was Jeff of Jeff were Identified as belonging to the Irving sheepdog, Mona. Mona is also quite cute. Mona.
2: That's a cute name.
1: Margaret and um, Vora left the home in 1945 after James Irving passed away. They reportedly had to sell the farm at a loss because it had a reputation of being haunted. In 1946, Leslie Graham, who bought their farm, claimed to the press that he shot and killed Jeff. The body displayed, however, was black and white and much larger than the famous mongoose. Was it a skunk? More than likely. (laughs) Or a badger. You know, their badgers are actually kind of cute. And Vora was certain that it was not Jeff. Vora did die in 2005, and she maintained that Jeff was not her creation, that Jeff was real. Mm -hmm. Although psychic investigators thought Jeff was a poltergeist or ghost skeptics including residents of the isle of man believe that the irving family had colluded to perpetuate a hoax that was originated by the daughter vora an isle of man examiner reporter wrote that when he caught the girl making noises her father tried to convince him the sound came from someone else (laughs) according to joe nickel researchers have suspected vora used ventriloquism and other tricks, the effects of which were hyped by family members. (laughs) Contemporary media scholar Jeffrey Sconz writes that the most likely explanation is that this extra, extra clever mongoose was an imaginary companion created by the Irving's extra, extra clever daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Listen,
2: Jeff lives, okay?
1: Absolutely. I believe in Jeff.
2: Yes, same. So
1: now we are going to get some quotes from Jeff. One of his was, I did it for the devilment. (laughs) Which is, anytime I do something bananas, I'm going to be like, I did it for the devilment. (laughs) (laughs) I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. Jeff might have also been on meth. (laughs) (laughs) After asked... After being asked where he would go when he died, to hell, to the land of mist.
2: Wow. Okay, drama king.
1: Yeah. If you knew what I know, you'd know a hell of a lot.
2: Meow. Let's
1: see. Where was the other one? Okay. He suspected Jim, the father, of trying to look directly at him. You're looking. Stop looking. Turn your head, you bastard. I cannot stand your eyes. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa.
2: She is,
1: and then where is the? What he also, when he would get mad, he'd say, "Nuts! Put a sock in it. Chew coke. (laughs) Put the bloody gramophone on." Wow! And then as he started to get older and stopped feeling good, he'll say, "He's a gym. I have a goddamn cough. I have a hell of a cold. You will have to get me something." wow and that is jeff the talking you know,
2: mongoose i believe in jeff and i, I think jeff
0: believes in me and that's i all agree I in this world
1: absolutely
0: Slap it on a t-shirt
1: yeah there is <laughs> well i was like researching there is a t-shirt that says i did it for the doublement and i'm like i need it
2: is it devilment like d-e-v-i-l
1: uh-huh devilment? Yeah, I did it for the devil. I <laughs> yes.
2: thought you were saying double mint. I was trying no, to figure no. out <laughs> what I wondered like, that too <laughs> because I was shopping for gum today and I was like, oh, double mint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Devil mint. Yeah. I think oh. we need a shirt that says I did it for the devil. Mint. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: With, with a little artistic rendering of Jeff.
2: I'll get my sister-in-law to do it. Please. Yes. She's an artiste. Yes. I would love that. And then on the back, listen to Cemetery Road Podcast Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, we began with a smoky. We're going to end with oh! a smoky.
1: Woo, I
0: love it. Look how that works out.
2: Yeah. So in World War II in America... Um a lot of the country's able-bodied men from all walks of life had to go fight in the front lines, right? Mm-hmm. So everything from doctors, carpenters, grave diggers, lawyers, firefighters traveled across the world to fight Nazis. Nazis are bad. Pl- please uh do the world a favor and punch a Nazi today. This left a lot of positions Absolutely. unfilled back in the United States. So, they relied on everyday citizens to help where they could. And they needed, the government needed uh, Americans to realize the dangers of forest fires. Careless citizens yeah. were bad enough, but Japan was considering using wildfires as a possible weapon. Um, in fact, and I did not know this, Jap- the Japanese military launched 9,000 balloons jet stream and 11 percent of them hit the united states in one tragic accident a fire balloon resulted in six fatalities a woman named elsie mitchell and five children at her church i've somehow never heard that before but that's the truth and that's scary anyway um but you know it was times of war Anyway, the U.S. Forest Service established the Cooperative Forest Fire Prevention Program in 1942. And they used characters from Disney's Bambi, which had just been released, to promote fire prevention. Because, you know, you don't want to... We've already suffered through Bambi's mother's death. We don't want to burn down the rest of the fire, right? like,
1: kill all his friends.
2: Yeah, that would be bad. Well... Disney only loaned out Bambi for one year, and you know, forest prevention, forest fire prevention is is a forever topic, truly. Um, so they needed a new symbol, and Forest Service artist Harry Russell. Made a rough sketch of a bear and named him Smokey after Smokey Joe Martin, a New York City fire department hero who suffered burns and blindness during a rescue mission in 1922. Smokey Joe Martin sounds like he needs to be covered on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Smokey Bear was officially approved on August 9th, 1944, and the first posters of him were released a few months later. And on the poster, Smokey Bear pours water out um, on a campfire, and it says, uh, Smokey says, care will prevent nine out of ten forest fires. And in 1947, the wartime advertising council Uh, Later, the Ag Council gave Smokey his new catchphrase. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. So Smokey was a big success and he appeared on radio shows and cartoons and comic strips. They sold popular Smokey Bear dolls all as early as 1944. So um, where's the real animal? You ask. Will the real live Smokey Bear please stand up? (laughs)
1: Well, How dare you?
2: picture it we finally get to picture it (laughs) may 4th 1950 a human-caused forest fire broke out in the capitan mountains of lincoln national forest in new mexico during the fire firefighters noticed a three-month-old bear cub hanging out around the fire kind of near the fire line and they hoped his mama would come and get him because that's what mama bears do but she didn't i don't know if she had died got scared by the fire i don't know but she wasn't there um and the cub survived this fire by climbing a tree and hanging on the windward side so he's a smart little thing um but he did suffer burns on his paws and his hind mm-hmm. legs but he was otherwise mm-hmm. just kind of singed he was okay so the firefighters rescued this little five pound little baby bear cub and they nicknamed him Hotfoot foot teddy
1: which is adorable. Oh.
2: Um, but considering what had happened to him and what he had survived, they seem, they soon renamed him Smokey Bear after the popular U.S. Forest Service mascot. So the New Mexico Department of Game and Fish, um, there they had a ranger there named Ray Bell, and he and his family took Smokey in and they cared for him with the help of a local veterinarian. And the story soon took off and people all over the world, well, all over America anyway, um, fell in love with this real bear. And they wrote letters to the family saying, how's Smokey doing, you know, and all this. Um, So he's, you know, moving on up in life. And once Smokey recovered, he was on his way to becoming a real true national icon, not just I'm named after an icon. He was like, no, I'm about to. I'm going to teach Smokey Bear how to be Smokey Bear, you know? Oh my God, I love it. So he was flown in an airplane that sounds fancy. I don't know if it's fancy. It's a Piper PA-12 Super Cruiser airplane. I don't know if that's fancy, but I like to think it is. Um, They flew him from New Mexico to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., where hundreds of fans, including the media and lots of Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, were there to welcome him. And Smokey Bear, the real live Smokey Bear, lived at the National Zoo for 26 years. He received more than 13,000 letters a week. And the U.S. Postal Service gave him his own zip code, 20252, which is still in use today. Over the years, he enjoyed his daily diet of trout and bluefish, and he got to have his favorite treat making sure the cat didn't wake up with that word, (laughs) Uh, peanut butter sandwiches, which I just, the idea of uh, a little bear eating peanut butter sandwiches is the cutest. Absolutely. (laughs) So meanwhile, uh, the Smoky Bear brand was taking off, especially now that they had this live mascot. And kids could apply to be junior forest rangers by writing to Smoky. Um, and within three years, a half a million kids applied, which I think is cute. And then country star Eddie Arnold, who was my grandma's favorite, had a hit with the song Smokey the Bear in 1952. And that's where we get Smokey the Bear because technically his name is Smokey Bear. His name is not Smokey the Bear, but because of the song, they had to have the V in there anyway. Gotcha. Yeah. So his real name is Smokey Bear mr bear oh. if you're nasty um <laughs> anyway <laughs> and then in 1955 children ask your mom about that reference <laughs> um, i'm sorry ask your grown-up right. um, in 1955 little golden books we all <gasps> know and love released yes. a Smokey the Bear book that was loosely based on this bear's real life story you know they left out the the drugs and the you know strippers I'm kidding I'm joking (laughs) y'all anyway
1: um, I was about to be like wait you skipped a
2: few few, uh, paragraphs there babe um the book was followed by many sequels and coloring books and lots of other toys I mean y'all know y'all grew up with them oh yeah the bear is huge And in the 50s and 60s, radio ads featured Smokey in conversation with celebrities like Dinah Shore and Bing Crosby. So, you know, he's just chilling with celebs. No big deal. Of course. Um, A 14-foot-tall animatronic version of Smokey Bear was unveiled in Ohio in 1959 to teach kids about prevention uh they finally replaced that in 2015 i can't imagine going from 1959 animatronics to 2015 animatronics. <laughs> oh god i'm sure
1: that's terrifying yeah and for even all of the 30s, 80s animatronics were
2: terrifying <laughs> Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese Nightmares. Um, And then for all of Smokey's big anniversaries and birthdays, he's been honored with everything from stamps to sending a plush Smokey into space. Oh, Now, did Smokey carry on this very important lineage? You know, is there a a Smokey Jr.? Well, uh, the zoo hoped that love was in the air for Smokey in 1962. They paired him with a female bear named... Goldie Bear. Oh. <laughs> How cute is that? <laughs> um, I don't know if they just uh didn't get along or if uh nothing took.
1: They but, just weren't feeling it. But in
2: 1971, they adopted an orphan oh, <laughs> baby cub from the Lincoln Forest, and they named the baby, yes, because Smokey and Goldie named their baby Little Smokey. Oh, oh goodness.
0: So,
2: <laughs> Smoky Bear retired from his role as a living icon on May 2nd, 1975, and Little Smoky was declared Smoky Bear 2 in an official ceremony. Aww. And Smoky Bear died on November 9th, 1976, at the age of 26, and he was returned to New Mexico for burial. Um, it's at the uh, his burial is at the Smoky Bear Historical Park. So, um, it's where now they have a wildfire and smoky interpretive center. He's buried at a garden there and his grave marker reads, this is the resting place of the first living smoky bear, the living symbol of wildfire prevention and wildlife conservation. Um, and it has like his little bio on it so i will post that major newspapers like the washington post the wall street journal and the new york times ran obituaries for him so many newspapers ran obituaries and articles about him that the national zoo archives have four complete scrapbooks devoted just to his obituaries oh wow that's crazy yeah uh, Little Smokey reigned as Smokey Bear 2 until his death on August 11th, 1990. He was 19. And he went to join his father. He is also buried at Smokey Bear National Park. No. And thus ended the line of live Smokey Bears. Um. A couple of fun facts, because there are so many fun facts about Smokey Bear. Like, either the fictional character or the actual bears themselves. Like, it's just cool. So, while the living smoking Bears have died out, the animated mascot lives on. His most recent catchphrase, it's no longer, only you can prevent forest fires now it's only you can prevent wildfires no. because wildfires are being more prevalent than forest fires and to clarify that smoky hates unplanned outdoor fires not prescribed burns if somebody's got to burn something that's fine but right it's unplanned um, Also, Smokey's wildfire prevention campaign is the longest running public service campaign in U.S. history with 80% of uh, outdoor recreationists identifying Smokey Bear's image and 8 in 10 recognize the PSAs. And then I saw a thing that was from a couple of years ago where they said like 94% of Americans recognize Smokey Bear. I'm like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, some more fun facts, and then I promise I'll be done. <laughs> um, I just so many cool facts about this bear. Who would have thought? Several actors and broadcasters have voiced Smokey in his seventy-plus year lifetime. One of those is James Cummings. If you look him up, you know his face. He voiced Winnie the Pooh, and then he's voiced a zillion different characters in like Fern Gully, The Lion King, Aladdin, Pocahontas. Uh, Hercules, Despicable Me, Wreck-It Ralph, The Princess and the Frog. Like, you know this guy's voice. Another was Jack Angel. He voiced um, a ton of characters in TV shows and movies like Beauty and the Beast and Balto and A Bug's Life and Hey Arnold and Toy Story. But my favorite is um, recently he has been voiced by the one, the only Sam Elliott, who shares (laughs) a birthday with Smokey. He was also born August 9th, 1944. Um, Of course, today's kids... No him from the Gaga version of A Star is Born. Um, but he has been in everything from Butch Cassidy and the Sun Knits Kid to Tombstone, a classic. Roadhouse, The Big Lebowski, the TV show Gunsmoke. Um, and I also wanted to point out, thanks to Svengoolie, which I love Svengoolie. Hi, Svengoolie. Be on our show.
1: Yes, um, please.
2: I saw on Svengoolie a 1972 horror movie once called Frogs. <laughs> and it's so bad. Okay. y'all. It It is so bad. Um, it's about evil frogs and other evil critters that attack this family and the poster. And yes, I mean, I swear to God, Sam Elliott's in it. I don't think he had the stash yet. So I was like, I don't know who this is. My mom's like, that's Sam Elliott. And I'm like, wait, where's the stash? It's wild. But I mean, God bless him. Anyway, the poster has a gross look. To me, all frogs look gross. I'm sorry. I'm not a frog fan. But it says, if you are squeamish, stay home. Cold, green skin against soft, warm flesh. Oh, a croak, Jesus. a scream,
0: frogs.
2: <laughs> 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 Which I just had to point out that movie because we talked about animals the whole time. And I was like, yes, he was in frogs. I, I'm going to have to find this. That. It's wild like the family does deserve to be attacked by all these evil critters (laughs) because like they are like they don't care about the environment and everyone's like hey can you please care about the environment and they're like no and so all these animals are like cool we're coming for you
1: i love um, that but it's
2: still it's it's a terrible
1: movie anyway if you want that's know how more, you know you're getting older is when you're rooting for the bad spirit yeah, in the horror movie you're like kill these teenagers they're annoying
2: it's probably <laughs> when you're older too that you're watching spingooly with your mom on a saturday night well there's but, that too you know spingooly cracks me up I just I love that guy. Anyway, if you want to know more about smoky bears, both the sort of fictional and the real ones, and more about preventing forest fires, because only you can prevent wildfires, please go to Smokey's website, which is of course smokybear.com. Yay! And that is Smokey Bear. Yay! I <laughs> did not know there was a real Smokey Bear. I'm Me either.
0: I, I never
2: I I feel stupid because sometimes I'm like, oh, there's a real Marie Callender. That's just not a name that just sounded nice. There was a real Duncan Hines. What? Like, I don't know this stuff. And so I get surprised when there's a real one. I guess I just think these names come out of nowhere. And I just was Googling and I'm like, wait, there was a real smoky bear. And then he's so cute. cute.
1: The entire time I was thinking about how like. We always went to Shoney's when I was a kid, and they always oh, had the yeah. Shoney's bear. Yeah. And I always wanted bear. one. So I'm going to have to yeah, heal my me. inner child and get myself a Shoney's bear.
2: Can you do that still? Are they still available? Surely oh. on Etsy or... Hang on. I'm Googling oh, this right um, now. Not Etsy. eBay. Gotta be. But yeah.
1: I thought- if I ever win the lottery, I am opening a Shoney's. Just FYI. I'm here for it. Uh, I'll go to
2: that um so yeah that is our episode on awesome animals next week we are going to tell you yeah about... they
1: have a vintage one on ebay for seven dollars
2: oh there you go there yes get hey that i'll get Shoney it for you bear. for your birthday i was literally thinking today like what am i going to get hannah for her birthday it's coming up you can get me a Shoney's bear i would be honored to buy you a Shoney's bear um our next episode because it will be coming out on or around I don't know when it's coming out, but it's before Valentine's Day, and we're going to talk about love and/or lack of.
1: It's me, so it's going to be it's going to be something awful. This,
2: I already know the story I'm going to tell. It is one of my favorite Memphis murders. Ooh. I don't get to tell it on my true crime tour at Elmwood Cemetery because no one is buried at Elmwood. So I can't is it the Tamales? No, no, the Tamales are at Elmwood.
1: Okay. No,
2: this is this is an this also includes another food though. Oh, um, yeah, it's um, it is a wild ride. (gasps) I'm
1: so excited.
2: So yeah, we have that and luhu. If people want to show us some love. Where can they email us or send us a message at or whatever? Where can they find <laughs> us?
0: We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cemetery Row Pod, or you can send us an email to cemeteryrowpod at gmail.com.
1: Yoo-hoo! Please email us.
0: Please tell us how much you love us.
2: Please send us um, happy things. Happy things. Please go and leave us a nice review. Um, I just posted on our social media. Um, that it would be nice if people would leave us flowers but I mean that in a social media or you know subscribe or a a metaphorical review yes, yeah yes. yeah yeah you know what I'm saying um, has anyone done that today I bet not it'd be nice if you did though um, <laughs> you'd be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> we like attention okay Yes. Um, but anyway um, thanks for listening and we will bring you some love Next week, woohoo! Boo! Bye!
0: Bye! Bye.